0: That's N-O-O-M to sign up for your trial today. You're listening to Winds Above Fantasy, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network with Van Burnett
1: and Steve Giswelli.
0: Welcome back, everyone. Episode 70 of Winds Above Fantasy. I have a very special episode today. Uh, I am not with my usual partner, Van Burnett, filling in for Van, uh, who is off in South America, actually, this week, uh, is Pitcherless' own Christopher Webber. You might know him as Schwebzee, host of In the Deep. Uh, Schwebsey, it's an honor to have you on. Thanks for filling in. It's uh, I know it's big shoes to fill in with Van, and I know you uh, wear many hats at Pitcherless'. Uh, uh, a moderator, a podcast host, uh, you do a great job over there with Jordan. Uh, thanks for filling in, and thanks thanks for joining and talking some baseball uh, while my normal co-host is uh, off doing much more interesting things than talking about uh, baseball
2: in the dog days of August. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. And I would really, really like ease, ease off on calling me a host when the work split is really like <laughs> it's 80, 80% Jordan and 20% me uh but yeah no i'm i'm fun fun fact little little known fact about what i the the, the many hats i wear at PitcherList. i'm actually like i'm actually the service support manager there too so if you've ever written into PitcherList and gone <laughs> hey i want to cancel my account that was probably me that answered
0: ah i did not know that see that's uh, i thought i knew you pretty well you know we've talked a bunch in the discord as much as you know over the computer screen and keyboard friends could be uh you know, we're now doing a podcast together. Uh, I think we've played MLB The Show together. Uh, you, you learn something mm-hmm. new every day. I did not know that you were also the support manager. I'm sure, uh, you know, uh, maybe uh, for a different podcast episode, but I'm sure there's some, and, and maybe we, we can't get into it, but there's probably some uh, interesting emails that you've gotten there. You know, I don't know if uh, if it's someone complained about one of Nick's bad puns or something like that, but uh <laughs> That would be a, 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 an interesting deep dive. Uh, maybe you can do it on a, a you know. That's April like on the list. The deep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, all right. But getting into it, um, you know, want to keep this similar to what we did last week with with Van. We we did a deep dive into Vinnie Pasquantino and looked into sort of the things for hitters that you know, foreshadowed a breakout coming, right? Like when, when Vinny P came up, like he had great plate discipline, great batted ball metrics and just didn't have the results and was kind of coming. And until he got hurt, unfortunately uh, for me uh, this week, uh, it, it started to come to fruition over the last month, right? Like the results started to match the process and want to do the same thing with pitching here. So did a similar thing, and, and and I'm kind of using Justin Steele as a as a model, right? Like he was kind of a guy that was striking a ton of guys out, but for one reason or another, just kind of was waiver wire fodder. Like in most leagues, I don't know about you, but like Justin Steele was out there till like mid July, I think. In most of my NFBC leagues, like 15 teamers or even more, you know, he was streamed for good matchups, but people aren't. Ha- didn't fully buy in, but now it kind of has. So kind of wanted to run a, a similar sheet to look for guys who have had the process and, and find late season starting pitchers uh, that way. Um, you know, some guys last year that, that I could think of that popped up around this time was like three school uh, I think someone that you've talked about a bunch, Ranger Suarez, Albert Alzelay, Blake Snell, who had that bounce back, uh, Tanner Houck, who kind of broke out in the second half. So some good, some guys who didn't really carry it over uh, to this year and then sort of Snell following the same sort of blueprint where he was really bad, then went on a run where he was really good. And then he got kind of knocked around today, but still has been good on the hole in the second half. So I think there could be some, some guys here and then there's just some guys that it's a little different for pitchers. We were talking off air, right? Like, there's only so much that uh, a filter spreadsheet can show you for pitchers. Like you have to kind of look at the results and who's running hot. I think, you know, uh, velocity and stuff and commander are, are, are sort of something that clicks or, 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 don't or doesn't and kind of sticks with it um, when that does happen. So I, I don't know your thoughts there, swebsheet but uh, I think we have some interesting names on this list that, that we can get into to maybe provide, you know, not as deep a names that you guys get into on in the deep, but some guys that should be out there in most leagues. I use Yahoo as a, a roster ship barometer, but, uh, some guys that I think could be interesting and sort of a Justin Steele type. Hey, this guy probably should be rostered. And this might be a little bit more than the streamer.
2: Yeah. Sometimes fantasy baseball is easy. Sometimes there's okay. a guy like Vinny Pasquantino, out there in 85% of leagues and we can look at a statcast page and go yeah he's going to go off and then you know we tell you to add him and hopefully you add him and then it happens mm-hmm. but it is rarely that easy with pitchers just as an example in my uh in my NL only league like as i so in the deep the podcast that i do with uh, Jordan White my co-host we look at 20% and under rostered and so that's my domain usually, and in my n l only league, there are currently six quality starts on the waiver wire over the past like thirty days. That's amazing. There is so little quality pitching out there in deeper leagues. pitching is tough it it as soon as someone shows a pulse, they tend to get added um sometimes you get a guy like Justin Steele who sits out there for mm-hmm. too long because uh there there's a lot of like Oh, it's Justin Steele. It's not going to last, but uh, some of that is just lack of name recognition, and and it takes a little while for the the names to catch on. But yeah, that's what we're going to do here today. We're going to try to dig past the names, dig into the numbers a little bit, and try to try to pick out the guys that will be quality pitchers over the next six weeks, and hopefully win you guys some championships.
0: I, I don't play in a league that deep. I'm just curious, like for 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 hitters, right? Like what I would sort of default would be to sort of just sort by at bats, right? Like if I needed to find a spot, like I would sort of the last 14 days, I wouldn't even look at how they're performing. I would just see, okay, who's getting the most at bats. Like you, uh, you know, it's a good point with pitchers. Like you probably can't even do that because not only are they are not quality starts, they're probably not even many innings, right. For starters right. on the,
2: on the wire. Right. It's Unless just, you like Colorado Rockies.
0: <laughs> yeah. Colorado Rocky starters at home. That's uh. A great way to, to win your fantasy league, uh, yeah. No, that that is uh, tongue in cheek. Do not do not do yeah. that. Um, all right. Before we get in, I, I know Schwabzi, you're a big Mets fan. Um, we haven't talked much real baseball on this podcast. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm semi a Mets fan. Uh, you know, I, I jumped on the bandwagon with my friends. I, I was a diehard Yankee fan growing up then I became addicted to fantasy baseball, just like everyone else listening to this and I've lost all fanhood, but you know, I I still follow the Mets closely living here in the tri-state area. I have a bunch of diehard Mets fan friends. Uh, I know they're coming off the sweep uh, or, you know, uh, if you can call it that it was a two game series loss to the Yankees, but what are your overall feelings? I I don't know. I haven't talked to you about this, like in the discord or, or, or anywhere like that. Like, how confident are you in the Mets' ability to, you know, reverse the LOL Mets sort of thing this year? Or are you still kind of just, you know, uh, cautiously optimistic? Maybe that, that's a good way Look, to put it.
2: There is... The, the Mets could be 15 games ahead right now, and I would have zero confidence. We are... <laughs> in Queens, the, the fans are just built different. We do not do confidence. Uh, I have been waiting for the other shoe to drop over and over again. It's it's actually... it's. It's been a a hard like five months. You would think being in first place from beginning to now that I'd be like feeling good. I feel terrible. I feel <laughs> awful. I have a constant upset stomach because of this team. It's it's really not good. Oh my god. Actually, I don't know if we ever talked about this. I I was a Yankee fan too up until the year two thousand. Really? I, I, did I, had know, a, I didn't I had, know that. Yeah, yeah it was uh, inherited and then in the Subway series, I had a moment where I was like, "Screw you, Dad," and I became a Mets fan.
0: <laughs> how old and were you uh, in the Subway series?
2: I was twelve.
0: Okay, so you know, I, you know how I was, like I was ten. So you're a little bit older than me, but that's like still borderline the age that I'm saying it's it's okay to to switch at that point. I mean, it's close,
2: but. Um, well, uh, you know, I'll, like I'll student loans there. are like student loans are a hot topic right now. People take them out when they're 18 and it ruins their lives because they don't know what they're doing. That was when, that was me at 12 going from the Yankees <laughs> to the Mets. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. what I was doing. You thought you
0: were sticking it to your dad. Little did why you know. did someone let
2: me make that decision? I was a child.
0: <laughs> he should have warned you like, uh, you know, that that's he's, <laughs> he that, probably that's, did. Yeah, that, that that's a, a pretty tough call though, to let you go from the 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 Yankees who what coming off of their third world world series win and coming off of the nineties Yankees. Yeah. 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 You probably don't want to do that unless you, uh, want to sign up for, uh, you know, two decades of suffering, but you know, I'm, I, I, maybe that's because I'm not this diehard Mets fan. I I look at my friends. I'm like, come on, like things are great. Like, you know, this is different. Those teams have nothing to do with these teams. Like, you know, it's different now you got Steve Cohen, like,
2: no, I have ulcers just uh, yeah. developed this year.
0: <laughs> well, all right. I mean, at least, you know, uh, there, there shouldn't no be a, a 2006 uh, or 2007 September or anything like that. Uh, uh, you know, you probably are cringing with me saying that just uh, oh, yes. on,
2: on air. But uh, I'm, I'm also friends with a lot of Braves fans and they have been so confident all year long. And it's just it's it eats at you. It's like, what do they know that I don't know? It's actually, I know exactly what they know. It's that the Mets are probably going to collapse.
0: Yeah. And they're kind of on an anti Mets run from what, when they were like yeah. a game below 500 in the beginning of August last year, was it even that late? Right. It was pretty they, crazy. They never lose. Yeah. And they don't it's lose incredible. It's only two games now, but I think it'll be a fun, uh, you know, uh, a, a fun September and a, a good time to be a Mets fan. So, uh, take that what you will. My two cents, it means nothing. I'm sure you're not feeling much more confident with my little bit of knowledge and you know half-hearted no, optimism but
2: go Mets I'm actually you know? uh the the last game the last series of the season is between the Braves and the Mets and I will be going to Atlanta to visit my Braves fan friends to go to those games together and I just know that the Mets are going to stay in first the entire season until that day well and that's hey. when they'll give it up
0: at least you'll be in first until the, the last of the season. That means they made the playoffs too, right? So uh, until September 29th. <laughs> that that'll be. If they blow a lead like that, even even for them, that late, uh, I, I I don't know. I, I just don't see it. That would be I'm not, I'm not ready Mets, for the games, but I'm it's really just not. hard for me to believe that that would happen. All right, let's uh, let, let's get into it. Um, I guess we could start talking about. Justin Steele right like the model for this uh you know the guy that sort of broken out um he's still just rostered in in 36 percent of Yahoo leagues I know that's not the best barometer but you know for 12 team standard leagues I think that's sort of the place to go so I, I personally I think Justin Steele should be rostered in anything 12 team or deeper so for that just to be in a, a basically a third of that, I think there's a decent opportunity. Um, you know, on the year, it, the numbers look good. It's a 325 ERA. It's backed up by a 343 X ERA, uh, a 24 and a half K percentage. The walk rate's a little high, but nothing too bad uh, at 9.4%. So um, he's not giving up like too many barrels or, or, or any hard hit. And it's backed up by a 50.9% ground ball rate. So You know, there's probably been a a good amount of double plays, uh, not too many home runs. So that's not truly killing him. And, you know, a 3.4 percent barrel percentage allowed. I know, you know, uh, another thing that's not great for pitchers to look at, but it's a good parameter that he's not giving up too much hard contact. So what do you see with Justin Steele there, Schwebzee? Like, you know, is this a good model for us to follow? Like who could be? underutilized starting pitchers down the stretch? Um, you know, just your thoughts in general. And, and are you in on Justin Steele for the rest of the year and, and possibly beyond for 2023?
2: Well, the whole overarching theme here, the the spreadsheet you put together with, I, I like it because I like the categories that you chose because it's kind of like, it's like the classic good pitcher, right? It's lots of strikeouts, not a lot of walks, get some ground balls and you're you're off to a great great start. And Steele has been doing that, which is awesome. I'm a little bit worried for a couple of reasons. So, figure over his last 7 starts and that's a, a very arbitrary time frame that I've chosen. He's only given up 6 runs. 6 earned runs. He's also given up 12 total runs. So, you know, is he pitching worse than his numbers show? Is his defense just being particularly bad lately? Eh. I mean, his his indicators are still good. He's still got like a two, two FIP, a two eight six X FIP. So his expected numbers are still a, a quality pitcher. But on top of allowing more runs than it shows on the surface lately, he's also had a pretty cushy schedule lately. He's gotten to face Milwaukee in Chicago, which uh, is a better run environment than milwaukee for pitchers he's gotten to face washington twice and miami once so while i do like the overall model that we're using here to pick out pitchers i don't necessarily love steel you know if you if you've rostered him up to this point great and you enjoy the ride but this is very much what uh nick of nick pollock of Pitcherlist calls a vargas rule I, I would not bet on this lasting for the rest of the year
0: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, and the next two starts are at Milwaukee and at Toronto. Um, A lot of those unearned runs came in uh, a, a three and two third outing at San Francisco where he gave up four runs, but none of them were earned. He did have six strikeouts and one walk. And what would I would sort of push back on in that recent run? You know, it's been a lot of high strikeouts, low walk performances like, you know, Sure, they've been both both versus those teams that are that are bad and and strike out a lot. Ten Ks versus the Marlins that was only in four and two thirds innings. Nine uh, Ks just recently versus Milwaukee uh, this Sunday that was so. You know the 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 Ks are there and they sort of have been all year, um, but in that NL Central right, like there are going to be a lot of bad matchups that that cover it up. Like there's there's Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. Um, you know, even at Milwaukee, uh, I know it's a tough park to pitch in, but their offense sort of has been lacking all year other than, like, the random few homers from, like, Tellez or whoever else, Adames. But they're not, like, an offense that I'm scared of and wouldn't necessarily stream, avoid a stream against them. So uh, I, I get that. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's more of a jumping point, Um to talk about um, sort of what I did for that leaderboard was just run it from seven, one to eight 23. When I put this together uh, yesterday, as we're recording this on, on Wednesday night and just filtered for, you know, things that we like Uh, a a K percentage greater than 25% swing strike rate, greater than 9% CSW greater than 25% walk rate, less than 9% and a ground ball rate uh, greater than 40%. So, yeah, the stuff that we like to do. Steele's been doing it. Um, maybe tread carefully with those uh, with those matchups, like like you said, just because there, there could be some some cherry bomb opportunities, if you will, to quote another uh, Nick Pollock term. Um, all right, but he, the the next guy I want to talk about is a guy that I think maybe we are a little bit more confident in. Uh, this might not be like an actionable grab a move unless it's a, 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 shallower league. Uh, that's George Kirby. He actually today set, uh, the record for most consecutive strikes to start a game with 24 straight strikes to start a game, which is just crazy and speaks to how insane Kirby's command is. Uh, there's also the question that, Hey, is there, are there too many strikes? Is he's catching the plate a little bit too much, but it, it's been working. He had another great outing today. Um, since uh, since seven one uh, since July first he's thrown thirty seven point two innings, so a little bit loud on the innings because they did that thing around the all star break where they sent him down and then came back and was only going two or three innings at a time. but he's built up and he's kind of a guy that it doesn't really matter how many uh, that he's on an innings limit because like he only needs ninety pitches to get through seven most days anyway, which is insane just because. He walks so few guys and finds his own so much. So uh, what are your thoughts on Kirby? Uh, I, I, I've rostered him for most of the year, so I'm a little biased. I, I, I like him a lot. Um, but what are your thoughts there on Kirby? I know we had a nice discussion with him on, on the Discord today. So what are you seeing there? Is he able to take the next step? And what does he need sort of to take that next step if, if he's going to be what we hope he is?
2: Yeah. In a vacuum, he's by far like my favorite pitcher that we're going to talk about today. But, you know, we don't we don't exist in a vacuum, unfortunately. You mentioned the biggest concern, and that is the the workload. Last year, I think he threw he threw like 67 pitches, I think it was 67 innings, mm. uh, not pitches. That would be bad. Uh, And this year he's already passed 90 between the majors and the minors. He's already been sent down to the minors once in order to kind of keep his innings under control. I don't know if that stint in the minors means he's, you know, full speed ahead for the rest of the year. I don't know if they're going to want to conserve him for the playoffs. I mean, just getting good playoff position means they kind of need all hands on deck. So it remains to be seen what they're going to do with Kirby for the rest of the year. But, we don't have a concrete answer on that right now, so all we can really do is talk about how awesome he is. And he is awesome. The reason that he threw the, the Major League record for a number of strikes in a row to start a game is because he just absolutely fills up the strike zone. He's got an elite fastball, and he complements it with a bunch of other okay, well-located stuff. And that's a good place to start. That's a really good base with ace potential because the, the really good fastball, like having a good fastball is maybe a better base than any other elite pitch to start. From, you how, know? how
0: many guys do we talk about? That's like, all right, the fastball stinks, but there's we're, a great slider. There's today. a great this, there's a great that it, it's so true.
2: Yeah. So, and he locates it well, he locates everything well. So it all like to be good. He doesn't need to do anything else to be great. One of his secondaries needs to come along may happen this year may happen next year, but it doesn't really matter because he's he's fine as is. I don't think he's gotten lucky or unlucky this year. I think he just kind of is what he is at this point with the potential for more now if he starts throwing his fastball down the middle constantly and stops locating well, he will you know he'll he'll be bad but I, I really like the package right now. It's it's a really great starting point for a 24-year-old in his first major league experience. If for some reason he is out there, you know, grab him. He should be rostered universally. I, I know we talked about this
0: uh, on the Discord. I know you specifically, but uh, Kirby or his teammate, um, why am I blanking on the name right now? Logan Gilbert? Logan Gilbert. This year I, and long-term.
2: I, it, the command is the differentiator because if it weren't for the command, I think they would be the same pitcher. I agree. I agree. They
0: have the same of issues. Nick talks about it all the time. Um, but what, what's interesting with Kirby, the last few starts he started throwing a two-seamer um, that uh, just watching his starts, like it moves great. He locates it well. It, get, it works great for called strikes. Like it comes back and catches the inside corner um, to lefties, which is you know uh, a, a nice weapon to have. Um, so that's been really impressive. Uh, the curveball usage just started to tick up, which uh, I think is is important because I think he probably leaned on that slider a lot in the beginning, and it. Wasn't great, um, although he threw a few nice ones today. But yeah, you know, wh- what do I know? Just watching the game. Uh, wait till we have a, a larger sample and can see a, a whiff rate. But uh, the curveball has been good, and I, I think he's close to unlocking that that mix where it's like, all right, this guy's got a, a fastball that he could dot anywhere that's ninety seven and gets good ride and and gets a lot of whiffs on its own. Like, look out when there's a, a, a slider that gets whiffs, uh, a, a two-seamer, and a curve, right? Like, I am extremely excited to roster George Kirby uh, next year. Uh, glad I have a few shares of him this year, too, because I think he'll be useful in the amount of innings that he'll be able to provide. So, uh, like Kirby a lot uh, and, and agree. I think this will be the our favorite name that we talk about. Uh, not that there's other good pitchers, but, you know, Probably some more warts as, as we go down go down the list. Um, warts, that's not a good transition, but I guess that's kind of what uh, Alex Wood's surface numbers have figured uh, to show this year. Um, in 123 innings pitch, he's got a 454 ERA, 122 whip. You know, doesn't look that great on the surface. Kind of the, the typical Alex Wood waiver wire fodder uh, from year to year, but. I don't know, under the hood, Wood has probably had his most impressive year, like that I that I can remember. Like I know a lot of people were in on him last year and and even still this year. There's probably been a, a few blow ups there. I I, I if I remember correctly, I, I think Wood has had like a a ten run outing, you know, this year that 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 is buoying up that ERA. But it looks pretty good. Like a 24% strikeout rate, just 5.6% walk rate. It's backed up by 11% swing strike rate, uh, a 28.9 CSW. So, so really good. And then on top of that, it's the typical Alex Wood ton of ground balls, 49% ground ball percentage. Like I, I don't, I don't know how Alex Wood isn't better. Uh, maybe this is just who he is. Kind of the guy that always underperforms uh, according to his peripherals. But Talk to me about Alex Wood, Schwebzee. What do you see there? Um, another guy that's rostered in a good amount of leagues like, like Kirby, but you know, he's a frustrating player of the roster, so maybe there are some leagues where you can go out and grab him. Uh, but he does meet that criteria. Showed up on the, uh, the Justin Steele list. I'll have to think of a better name uh, for that. But uh, what, what are your thoughts there?
2: I was really hoping that I would look at Alex Wood's game log and see like a blow up against he so he did have that blow up against Atlanta right and that I was, was ear- that, that was earlier in the year though right that was yeah like one inning six runs real yeah. gross I was hoping that this would be a 2021 Anthony D Sclafani situation where like he only got lit up by the Dodgers and everyone else he was an ace against uh it's not that like so if you take all of the starts where Alex Wood had less than six innings and at least three earned runs Cincinnati Detroit Pittsburgh Washington Colorado twice it's not great yeah you're Uh, starting in every single
0: one of those games
2: yeah yeah of course you did because why wouldn't you and uh, so a couple of these starts are at Colorado he gave up you know and some of this is a function of being in the NL West it's a brutal place to be you have to pitch at Colorado regularly you have to pitch against the Dodgers regularly you have to pitch against San Diego who uh, are in theory a good offense
1: Yeah, I like
2: Wood. I came into this year like really liking Alex Wood. And between him and Alex Cobb, I I just I don't even know like I'm (laughs) I'm doubting my own analysis now because they've both been so inconsistent.
0: You know what? I I think I know what it is now that you brought up Cobb. Like this is the Giants paying for the run of overachieving last year and just everything going right and all these aging veterans mashing the ball and you know everyone having this comeback year and them just defying all odds. This is, this is the, this is the penance that they have to pay, right? Like these this two pictures, what you get with amazing you want Austin numbers. Slater.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. You want <laughs> Austin Slater to be good. Fine. <laughs> Alex Wood stinks now.
0: <laughs> that is it. I think that, I think we nailed it. That is, that is hundred uh, percent. Like everything. You want this pitcher do everything.
2: is Uh
0: Wilmer Flores. You want him to be a 20 home run hitter? you know uh yep, sorry alex Cobb, done yep yep these guys that do everything right but they're just gonna have to give up runs it's just a it's just a tax that they have to pay and, and you know what honestly as someone that sold the giants until like you know they made the playoffs and gave the dodgers a, a run for their money in the uh division series uh you know I, i'm fine by it i'm fine by it just because uh <laughs> you know it, it, it that's that's what it is baseball has to be cruel it can uh it can't always work your way, um, but still. That being said, I still like Wood. Uh, I, you know, uh, I, I think that he should pitch closer to his indicators, which are all like mid-three ZRA's the rest of the way. Um, yeah, he's doing all I'm, the things I'm that we being, want to see.
2: Yeah, of course. I, I'm being flippant. I'm absolutely, yeah. you know, I'm exaggerating the the extent of uh, my my Alex Wood betrayal. But yeah, his next couple of starts are at Minnesota, which is fine. And then home against San Diego, which, you know, also not great, but fine. I wouldn't be surprised if he... I Honestly, like, Wood is at the point where nothing he could do would surprise me if he got either blown up or pitched a great start. So I think whether you want to run him out there or not just depends on your confidence in your own team or your own team needs. Uh, you know, so his... Minnesota start is on a Friday, so if it's Friday, if your pitching staff is looking good, maybe bench him. If you, you know, if you need a home run play, he's a, he's a real good chance to, uh, you know, have a home run start. Yep, that's a, that's a great call.
0: Uh, and head to head too, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. But his best walk rate of his career, the slider usage is up. Like this should be better, but yeah, the the yep. Giants, uh, the Giants used all their uh, their Cardinal Devil magic. Uh, last year, so they have to they have to wait a year. Maybe uh, it's a sign to be in on Wood uh, and Cobb next year. Is Cobb a free agent? Uh, I think they signed him to a, a longer, longer deal. But I think it was two years. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, all right, we're gonna take a real quick ad break, and then we're gonna come back and talk about some more interesting pitchers for the stretch run.
1: Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PO Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to All of our podcast hosts and staff, plus you can hang out with our incredible Pitcherless community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at pitcherless.com backslash plus and you're going to get your first month free with promo code Pitcherless.
0: All right, Swabzy. The next guy I want to talk about is someone that, you know, I, I feel that there's pitchers that you always find on your team, whether they stream or whether you draft them late or one way or the other, they're just always on your squad. But Ross Stripling has been, even when he wasn't a starter and was like a bulk guy in for the Dodgers, I, I always had a few shares of Ross Stripling and, uh, it, it's been pretty good to have a, a few shares of Ross Stripling, uh, he has since July first uh, a 2.41 ERA, a .99 WHIP. Uh, that's across 37 innings. There was a an IL stint where he missed like only like a, a, a turn or two, I think, uh, there in the middle of early August. But came back. Uh, he pitched great last night, and it was the Red Sox, and they're they're reeling. But um, I think it was six innings, one one run ball. Um, but things are going good. Uh, it's the best walk rate of his career. That's something that troubled him at times. Um, especially when he went over to the Blue Jays. Um, His fly ball percentage is way down. So, you know, uh, those homer issues that that plagued him at times uh, isn't as bad. And, you know, he's traded uh, – he started throwing his slider more and his changeup more, which have been really, really good pitches. specifically the changeup for whips. It's got a 32% whiff percentage, which is really good for a changeup. Um, So – I'm liking what I'm seeing for for Ross Stripling. I think it could be sort of a a thing that it's another one. The AL East kind of stinks for, for pitching, but, uh, you know, that's kind of why Stripling is available. You know, maybe, you know, after this Red Sox start, if you see like a a Yankee start coming up, someone might drop him. but I, I think it might be worth scooping up just with the kind of run that he's on and, and Stripling showed us flashes of this before. And I know, uh, we are hoping the Blue Jays sort of could kind of fix him with their, uh, their, their pro pitching uh, development besides uh, you say Kikuchi uh, ignore that result. <laughs> but uh, I, I like stripping a lot again, maybe
2: I'm biased. So talk me into it or out of it. So the good news first, the, the good news is that his next two starts are against our, our home against the angels and then on the road against Pittsburgh. And that's, great cuz the angels are are reeling although they do have a healthy trout and Otani right now and pittsburgh is pittsburgh so that's good also what what version of stripling are we on right now because i feel like he's gone through so many like career rejuvenations and and iterations like remember when he was like the best start- starter in the nl for 3 months and he yeah. was an all-star in in 2018 mhm like just and then it was like then there was the uh, the free Ross, uh free Ross Stripling version when he was relieving when we all wanted him to start, but I, I digress. Um, th- this is one of those like duh sorts of analysis, but simply not walking anybody raises the floor of a pitcher by a ton. That <laughs> this kind of applies to Kirby from before also. He's like 99th percentile in walk rate, which you know gives him a much higher floor because much fewer base runners. And Stripling has done that pretty regularly in his career. This, is, this would be the third separate year of his career where he walked fewer than two per nine. But um, I worry a little bit here because... Uh, so at, at Petrolist we, we have a term we use, the, the hotel, the holy trinity of uh, stats equating luck. And two of his three hotel stats, his BABIP and his home run per fly ball rate, are like super mm-hmm. low. Mm-hmm. and that makes me nervous especially pitching in Toronto. Toronto is a notable notable fly uh home run haven even though it 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 suppresses offense overall but it's good for home run hitters. So it's weird to me that he's having his career best year in suppressing home runs. Yeah, I like that, him. That there's so there's a, there is a lot to like here. Uh but I I would be careful about who you start him against when he's at home. That's that's my one thing.
0: Yeah, that that's totally fair. Um, I, I I lean to the picks mix change. Um, I don't know if you if you read it or listened to it, but you know, mm-hmm. Sarah's talked about it on rates and barrels and wrote an article about changers and stuff. Plus, and the biggest way to change your stuff plus isn't by gaining velocity or or anything like that, uh, or or changing your pick shape. It's it's by changing your pick, pitch mix, and that's what he's done. His fastball, which is garbage uh his percentage for his fastball is way down and he's now throwing that change up and slider a lot more which paired with that microscopic walk rate like that's a recipe for success so I know that those indicators and those luck stats are down um he does allow you know an 8.2 percent power rate which you know probably should be a little bit higher on the 6 percent homer to fly ball right um but I, I lean a little bit more to that pitch mix change and the fact that that changeup is really good and he's throwing it a lot more. Uh, it excites me and, you know, I'd hold through those, those good starts. Like, you know uh, if he's still somehow out there after that last start versus the Red Sox and and has those juicy matchups up, like this is, would be a guy that I would look to add, like, you know, first thing like right like those two matchups are just you know i, I i'd be confident streaming you in a two start week uh versus the angels and and, and the pirates there uh it, it's just you can't get any better than that you know maybe alex cobb would find a way to mess, mess, mess to mess that up but uh yeah
2: i don't think I, sure I buy that, that he's i buy that he's made a change and that he's better but just for reference last year he threw 522 four seamers and gave up 18 home runs on them this year he's thrown 259 about half and he's given up two home runs on the four seamer yeah
0: just don't throw the four seam just don't throw you know that's what he said (laughs) just don't throw the four seam you can't give up home runs if
2: you don't throw it maybe if he completely cuts out the four seamer i will buy a six percent home run to fly ball (laughs) that's fair yeah there's probably going to be a few
0: more uh Home runs coming, uh, but maybe there'll be solo jobs just because the walk rate's down and, and the other pitchers are good. Uh, but yeah,
2: this this isn't to say don't add Ross Strickling. This is yeah. just to say you know have, don't
0: expect uh, don't expect an SP one or anything like that. Right? Expect like a, a back end three four. Uh, which you know I I make my money off those kind of starters. I I, I love those starters. I don't draft the pitchers early. Uh, you know I I, I you know. Make my pitching staffs uh, with with raw striplings and, and and a guy that we'll talk about next, Aaron Savale's things like that. So uh, mm-hmm. this is this is where I live. This is my wheelhouse for pitching. Uh, speaking of Savale, another guy that does not look good on, on the on the on the whole for the year. Uh, he's got a five thirty seven ERA, one thirty four WHIP, uh, seventy innings pitched. He's been hurt with like a wrist injury, right? I think he missed like close to two months with that. Um, but since he's come back uh, in in, in mid July, uh, he's gone 28 innings pitched. He's got a 27.7 percent strikeout rate, just a 45 percent walk rate, and that's good for a 2.83 ERA and a 0.9 WHIP. Um, so he's been good. Uh, I know he was just okay uh versus the um, Padres yesterday, which you would hope would go better for the run that he's on, but. The curveball looks really good. Uh, It wasn't as sharp yesterday, but that curveball has a 43.8% whiff percentage. That's absolutely ridiculous. And a 24.7% put-away percentage. That usage is up. The fastball percentage is way down. I think he's kind of basically chucked it this year, which is good because that's another garbage fastball. Uh, And the cutter usage is up. It's not the pitch it was last year where it was a negative 13 run value. That's how good his cutter was last year. Um, but you know, you like to see that that change for the fastball, which is garbage. So uh I know Savali is a guy that throws a bunch of different pitches. I think there's like six pitches on his uh savant mix. Um, but a few of those uh are, you know he barely throws, but still it's nice to have that many weapons to go to. Uh the curveball has been looking great. I know he's been on pitching ninja his last few starts. It's just been you know those pretty rainbow rainbow curveballs that he's been getting a bunch of strikeouts on. Another guy that it's been a few cushy starts. I think it was twice versus the Tigers since he came back. So, uh, you know, it might be a little bit of the, the schedule being fortunate for him uh, since he's come back from injury. But I still like some things under the hood. Um, you know, who are you more confident in, Schwebbs, uh, Savale or or Stripling? I'll let you do a little deep dive on, on Savale before we have to answer
2: that, though so all right yeah so first Savali something I really like about him is his willingness to tinker like this year if you just look at his month over month pitch mix like he's basically he's basically ditched his splitter ditched his slider ditched his four seamer which is good because the four seamer got hit for a 364 average the slider 462 and the splitter got hit for a literal 500 batting average and it's good that he ditched them because yikes but and this is another one of those duh bits of baseball analysis. Throwing your worst pitches less is often one of the best changes the pitcher can make. That goes back to what Steve was saying about Enosaris and the, the stuff plus ticking up when the pitch mix changes. Mid-year repertoire changes are one of the biggest areas of opportunity for finding sleepers if you're paying attention. Year after year on the waiver wire, pitchers do it, and they they're better in the second half than they were in the first half. And you know, picking those guys out and taking advantage is one of the best things you can do to to increase your championship hopes. As for who I would pick between Savali and Stripling, that's a good question. I would probably go with Savali because of the environment. He's you mentioned that he's faced Detroit twice mm-hmm. in his last few starts. And that's the benefit of pitching in the AL Central. There are no world-beating offenses in the AL Central. There are several good pitchers' parks. Whereas Stripling, his home ballpark, is a home run launching pad, which hasn't hurt him yet. But like I said before, that could change. And he's got to deal with, in theory, a a good Boston offense. He's got the Rays who always scrape together runs. And he's got the Yankees to deal with and the resurgent Orioles. There's no easy matchup there in, in his division games. So yeah, for the rest of the year, I I would go Savali over Stripling.
0: Yeah, uh, I I think that's fair. Uh, Savali's next two starts at Seattle and then home versus Se- uh, Seattle, and those honestly might be two of the harder starts the rest of the way, just because, like you said, pitching in the NL Central, uh, AL Central is a place where you want to pitch. Uh, and, and I don't know, I I think they they still do it at least this year with the schedule, like. They, t- they tend to load up division games towards the end of the year, right? Because they want to have games that in theory would uh, impact the race. So if that is the case, um, there's going to be some good matchups there for Savali. If not, I'm an idiot and ignore me, but uh, I haven't looked at the schedule that far. Uh, just, just the next two starts. But anyway, moving on. Uh, Josiah Gray, don't want to spend too much time on him. Um, kind of a guy that's been talked about a bunch, you know, typical good stuff, young pitcher, maybe a year away. He's being skipped for his next start. So his next start isn't going to come till, you know, early September as we talk here on August 24th. Um, but still doing a lot of things, right. Uh, maybe the walk rate is a bit high. Um, but for 2023, uh, I'm 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 liking Josiah Gray. He seems like a typical guy that could take a next step. Um, I don't know if you have too much to add there. Uh, Schwebzy, but uh, Seems like a high stuff guy that uh, I, I tend to love. If they go a little bit later in drafts, like right, if he's already got one hundred twenty three innings this year, the innings shouldn't be a concern next year. Um, but you never know. So, uh, what are your thoughts there on Josiah Gray in Washington?
2: In in the uh, in the notes that you sent me, it uh, it said that I I. I I assume, assume, because I, I didn't look at the numbers that this is a typo, but it said he's got a 99% walk rate. And I, I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right for just, I agree. No. <laughs> I think uh, it's 9.9, uh,
0: <laughs> 9.9. 9. Yeah, I missed the decimal there. Yeah.
2: The, this way, you, you you had it at the beginning there, I think, uh, or I agree with what you said in that he is a next year kind of guy, a guy that can t- can take a step forward next year, but I'm pretty out on him for this year. The only reason I would start him this year is if he's got a cushy matchup and I needed strikeouts specifically because he's got the good breakers. Uh, we, we talked before about a, a good fastball being a good base to work from and how we always talk about these guys who have bad fastballs and good breakers and if only they had a good fastball and Josiah Gray is that guy. Uh, it's And it's a shame because the breakers are fantastic. Mm-hmm. But between the walks and a much too hittable fastball i'm i'm out on this for this year
0: yeah i i agree um it shouldn't be that bad of a fastball right i think i we had alex chamberlain on uh in in the offseason we were talking about uh, vertical attack angle or vertical approach angle and grace i believe popped in that uh maybe i'm misremembering he was not good in the didn't like his fastball Uh, the more I talk about it I think that that's the case but you know he throws hard um that's something that maybe you know you could fix in a pitching lab in the offseason sort of the shape uh uh, there and and then improve the fastball if you have the velocity I think that's a that's a big step and he he does have that so uh I'm, I'm I'm in on gray uh for for next year for this year you're right like Gray is like a extreme blow up candidate in my mind. And like, that's the last thing you need in like a playoff matchup or like where you're chasing right. a, an ERA category or something like that. Um, but yeah. Uh, in for Gray next year, mostly out this year uh, tend to agree. All right. Now a guy that I'm really excited to talk about. This might not be the best pitcher on the list, but the guy that I'm most excited to talk about, we were talking about in discord today uh glad he was on the rundown before we got to it and that's Matt Manning uh he's been on a, a great run uh since he's come back uh from the IL uh a few starts ago he's got 27 strikeouts in his last 13 he's pitched on the year uh he's got a 2.81 ERA 1.16 whip the overall strikeout numbers don't look that great but you know there, there's some tweaks that are that are interesting and I I think that's the introduction uptick of the slider that's been really good uh today he had 12 whiffs on 19 slider swings i know it was the giants and they've been pretty bad and it was on the road um but still uh i'm i'm liking what i'm seeing from manning that slider is is impressive uh what what are you thinking there
2: and what, what are your thoughts on on matt manning so for this year it's all about that slider, I think, if it can keep continuing to be this effective, I think manning will continue to be good. I the change uh sorry, the fastball is performing much better than it did last year, but nothing has really changed with it. You know, it hasn't gained any VLO, it's still got the exact same spin. He's you know, he I don't think it's a different arm angle. He's simply locating it better. He's throwing it to the top of the zone more, and as a result, he's getting like way more whiffs on it like a five percent jump which is huge i as as far as like the future i i don't think he's going to succeed long term only being a two-pitch guy and i would love if any of his other pitches would come through like his changeup is like legitimately bad i i'm not sure what uh, i'm not sure if the sinker and curveball but curveball between the two of them which should be the focus of the development But as for this year, you know, we mentioned the AL Central being a good place to pitch. That holds for Manning just like it does for Savali. And Manning has the benefit of pitching in Comerica, which is the maybe the most cavernous ballpark in Major League Baseball. And in a good way, not not in the way that uh, Coors Field is cavernous. So I like Manning. I like Manning a lot this year. And, you know, of all the guys we're going to talk about today outside of Kirby I think Manning might be my favorite like yeah. long term yeah, no, yeah. yeah I know I said that like as a question but no yeah. I, d- I do think he's my favorite for the rest of the year and it's surprising too because I think
0: in just reading the scouting reports he's got a 60 grade at Fangrass on the fastball um, and it just hasn't been a 60 grade pitch I know no. he's battled injuries this year last year um, you know, had the shortened season before that. So who knows if there's like a full normal, healthy off season and the the fastball sort of goes back to what scouts thought it would be and, and pair that with the, with the slider. And then, you know, a few other show me pitches that could be something that could lead to a breakout. Um, another guy that there's been, you know, the good results have been versus pretty bad teams. Uh, you know uh did throw seven shutout innings at tampa bay, uh versus tampa bay so uh, you know uh, even though tampa can scrape together some runs that's not the greatest offense he kind of got hit around a bit by the white Sox, and then the last two starts were versus uh the angels at home and then the giants at home so some really good matchups there that have led to these results but overall i uh, i tend to agree i'm another guy that i'm excited about um not only for next year, but you know he's got Seattle at home for his next two starts. Uh, I would definitely want to stream him there with the with the run that he's going on. Um, moving on to the next guy, a guy that you don't like, which is nice. Let's talk about a guy that you don't <laughs> like. Uh, something that we uh, can you know go back and forth on. That's J JT Brubaker, coffee cakes, as uh, our Lord and fantasy master Nick Pollock likes to call him. Uh, he's just 9% rostered in, in Yahoo League, so out there pretty much in all shallowish leagues uh, on the year. He's got a 439-year A, 143 whip, nothing great. Uh, under the hood, it's eh, you know, a 23, 23% strikeout rate, 8.3% walk rate. But he does – and this is what always gets me with him. It's a 12.2% swing strike rate, a 29.8% CSW. Like, that should be good. Pair that with a forty four percent ground ball rate, like why isn't Brew Baker good? Like this is this is Alex Cobb just maybe a little bit worse uh all around Alex Cobb and Alex Wood. Uh and on the Pirates, right? Like get him out of uh Pittsburgh and he'll be a good pitcher. Maybe that's the answer. But why do you hate coffee cakes so much? Uh talk me out of him as to
2: why I shouldn't be targeting him as a streamer down the stretch. It's because the upside feels so low to me. I would say, like, I'm using a very, very loose definition of a great start here. But by my estimation, he's had two great starts this year. He had one against Miami, one against Boston. The Boston one was last week. I just, I I don't. Want to bet on a streamer, and that's all he is to me. He was on the. Remember that league I mentioned earlier, where mm-hmm. there were only like six quality starts on the waiver wire. JT Brubaker was on the waiver wire, so that that alone <laughs> wow, that tells that you, a, that tell you tells you a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: he's been rostered uh, basically all year in my fourteen team mixed home league. So for him to be out that there, is surprising now, to like, me that that uh that that is yeah that is something.
2: I like. I would start him. Only if it was like the the cushiest of streams, like if it was Pittsburgh at home versus Cincinnati, or or like at home versus Colorado, like he's had successful starts in that situation before. Mm -hmm. He's had successful starts when you know when Boston was completely reeling, when at, at Miami against Chicago. He's it. It needs to be a good matchup though. He's not the kind of pitcher. Where you can go, well, he was good against Miami. Well, I'll throw him out there against Atlanta, see how it goes. That's not going to work. It's going to go poorly and you're going to regret it.
0: Yeah, that's fair, but also I think could be useful just because there's there's some strikeout upside. Um Yes. You know, it's it's been since July first, a thirteen point five percent swing strike rate with a forty two point forty six point two percent ground ball rate, thirty two percent CSW, like you know, even though it was six runs, it was a little bit of a, yeah, you know, a careful Icarus as, as Nick likes to call it. I think he gave up six runs in the sixth inning versus Atlanta on, on Tuesday. Uh, he did have HKS and one strike, one walk. So, you know, I, I think, I think underneath it all, I think there's a good pitcher with, with JT Brubrick. I know he's another guy that, you know, Sarah's his for years. He pops on the stuff plus models like, and I get it. Like, everybody has to be sick of Brubaker at this point, right? Like, you know, a guy that like you drop mid, mid start when he gives up five runs in a cushy matchup, uh, you know, in, in the third inning. So, uh, I, I get it. Um, but I still think there's, there's an intriguing stuff underneath here. And maybe, maybe it is, it comes when he does move away from Pittsburgh just because it seems like they can't get the most out of their pitchers there. So, Uh, I I went somebody trade somebody trade for somebody trade for JT Brubaker and Mitch Keller in a package for like please
2: uh, I was just gonna bring up Mitch Keller. (laughs) I went through all the stages of depression and grief with Mitch Keller this year Uh, free please free Mitch Keller and free coffee cakes.
0: All right, I like it. I like it. We maybe we could start that petition. Yeah, in the off season. Uh, if somebody doesn't do it, I'm sure there's some smart baseball executives that, that want to do that though. All right. A guy that I'm pretty excited to talk about. Uh, I, I've used him in a bunch of leagues recently, um, to moderate success, but I think there might be something here, but maybe it's a similar situation where it's just, a, a such an awful organization that they can't get, uh, anything out of these guys. That's, uh, Jose Suarez of the, uh, angels. um, this year in 14 starts, he's got a 419 ERA, a 134 whip, nothing too great, uh, you know, seemingly, you know, waiver-wire material, streamer material, uh, a 22.5K rate, uh, a twenty an 8.5% walk rate, but another guy that's sort of intriguing under the hood, uh, a, a 12% swing strike rate, 26.5% CSW, and, um, I I like it. He's been pretty good since July 1st, uh, a four ERA. Um, But, you know, that comes with just a 70% left on base and a three eighty seven FIP. So maybe getting a little unlucky there. Uh, I I like Jose Suarez. Um, Maybe it's another guy that I'm sort of blinded by with a a higher swing strike rate. I guess that's what I'm a sucker for. Um, Who do you like better? uh, Jose Suarez or JT
2: Brubaker? Hmm. So that's tough for me because Jose Suarez is actually so the, my, my process for doing in the deep every week I pull up the uh, I pull up a player rater for the last two weeks, three weeks, whatever, whatever whichever uh, time frame the mood strikes that that particular episode. And I'll check to see which players have been doing well, just to give me like a starting point of, you know, which barely rostered guys are doing well. And Jose Suarez is always like in a good spot on the list of pitchers and every single time i completely ignore him i don't know why i i just for whatever reason i i have a mental barrier where i cannot acknowledge that jose suarez is pitching well he's done he's had a few really good appearances lately but it was against oakland twice and kansas city like in his last five appearances he's got three scoreless starts and yeah but it was against those teams i eh. I think he is stretched as a starter. I think he is very good as a like a long man. I, I, I think he'd be a fantastic play, uh, pitcher in that role. But I think as soon as they start trying to throw him out there every five days, the cracks are going to start showing. That doesn't mean he doesn't have his uses. Uh, he is not someone that I would pick up with the intention of keeping him for the next six weeks. He's someone that I would pick up with the intention of you know throwing him out there against an Oakland or a Kansas City and uh, taking advantage of those weak matchups. Yeah, it's
0: not someone that you want to stream right now because his next two starts are projected to be versus the Yankees and versus Houston. So, uh, yeah, even as a a Jose Suarez stan, I am uh, not interested in that. Um, And, you know, despite the last few starts looking sort of meh, they've both similar similar lines, 5.1 innings pitched, three earned runs, uh, he did, I think, have like a, a, a perfect game going through the fifth versus Seattle, has had five strikeouts to no walks in both of those games. So, you know, the, there, there's some things there that could be interesting. And, you know, uh, he's just 24 years old, has a good slider. Uh, I, I think there might be some back end of the rotation long-term, uh, back in the fantasy rotation long-term uh excitement here which there's not much to get excited about but hey you know in deep leagues uh it, it could be a, as a useful
2: streamer just don't stream now with those matchups It this episode is kind of ex- exposing both of our viewpoints on things because when you get to like sub 20 percent pitcher land it's very very easy to poke holes in any player and i i being a natural pessimist i find those holes and you're like yeah but the street the swinging strike rate's yeah. good
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I look at I look at the glass half full with that. You know, I I, I like it. Like twelve percent swing strike. You know, sign me up. I don't care if he's given up uh, three runs the last five starts. You know,
2: uh, that's all right. He he strikes some really, guys out. Your, your way is the better way be, and and the more difficult way because it, as like I said, it's easy to poke holes in these guys.
0: Yeah, there's always a reason not to roster somebody. I'm also the guy that like I barely ever start a guy like you know even if like Alex Cobb is in cores like I'm like oh but he's got a good ground ball rate like you can start ground ball pitchers (laughs) in cores like I'm always doing that I rarely sit guys uh maybe that's just my mentality uh overall with with these pitchers but it does lead to some some you know I I remember a few years ago I started Pablo Lopez versus the Mets when he was like just coming up and he gave up ten earned runs on a Friday night like and ruined my weekend before it even started uh because of a fantasy matchup but whatever i digress uh i I like the start guys um all right someone that i think you can get excited about a name that you added to the rundown which uh very appreciative that you did uh austin voth uh he's been really really good recently i'm glad you put him on uh it's a, a you know a thing that you know a change organization um washington has been Probably one of the worst, if not the worst, with um, starting pitchers and, and developing them and using them. Uh, I know they like had a Strasburg guy, but that was basically a, a plug it in, forget it, and didn't really yeah. have to do much finished to Yeah, finished product coming college. Yeah, they didn't really have to do much there. But uh, this also brings up an interesting thing because uh, you, you talk about pitch mix change. Cespedes um, uh, Bar- Family Barbecue put out uh, some interesting – um pitchers that were traded at deadline and they just showed their you know month over month pitch mix from savant and you just saw you know a few guys uh like luis castillo frankie montes guys that got traded you saw how their pitch mix changed and you can basically see what the team said to the new pitchers or to their new pitchers when they got them stop throwing this pitch throw this pitch more it's just it's absolutely fascinating uh, that being said, I did not do that with Austin Both, but <laughs> uh, it, it's just an interesting thought because he changed teams and basically almost immediately had success, uh, with the Orioles. So, uh, it's, it's been a good run here. Uh, what are your thoughts? What do you see with, with Austin Voth? Why do you, uh, why are you so intrigued by him? I know you talked about him on this week's In the Deep. If you haven't listened to that, go back and, and do it. Uh, Schwab, provides great analysis, him and Jordan do every week. So, another plug there. Uh, Not that we didn't do it already, but uh, talk to me about Voth.
2: Yeah. The, the, the format of in the deep is that we do deep dives on players before we do kind of a rundown of a variety of players. And last week, Austin Voth was the deep dive. So I spent a good, you know, eight or 10 minutes talking about him. And one of the things that the, the pitch mix was the big thing, you know, he's, he's been a reliever in Washington for the last like season and a half. He had a good run as a starting pitcher for them in, I think it was 2019. And then he was bad as a starter for them in 2020. And they were like, that's it. You're done as a starter. You're a reliever from here on out. And I I wish I knew what it was that Baltimore saw in him. But Washington DFA'd him. Baltimore acquired him. And the second Baltimore acquired him, they started stretching him out. There was no, like... Wait time, there, they were immediately like, You're a starter. Now. I, I wish, yeah,
0: right, right? Wouldn't that be so interesting to know why, like, what was in that room? Like, you know, right, the, 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 the money ball meme going around, you know, Billy, this is Austin Voth. Uh, you know, his only weakness is that he's on the nationals, right? Like, something <laughs>
2: like that. Uh, it's funny because I, I, I put in my notes and then forgot to mention earlier, uh, when we were talking about Josiah Gray. That one of the reasons I'm not confident in him is because he's a national, oh, but I didn't want to for pile, sure. no, pile that, that's, on too much. That's a valid, that's a valid, that's absolutely valid. Because it feels like a change is needed, and I don't feel like they're the franchise that will coach him in that properly. But uh yeah, we're we're in the reverse situation here. Austin Voth has escaped the nationals, and he's throwing his cutter more. And stop me if you have heard this one before, but he's throwing his bad four-seamer less. And he has Basically, ditched a pretty bad slider, uh, kind of replaced the slider with a good cutter. And he's, I, it's all in the numbers. He's been good ever since. And it's not like the kind of good where, like, I'm looking at it and I go, this is completely unsustainable. There's no, there's no one glaring number. Like, for example, Ross Stripling's home run for fly ball. There's no number like that where I'm like, oh man, he's been lucky. It looks mostly sustainable. I, I think he's been he's been pitching roughly three e r a ball since the the start of july, and i think he's probably like a high threes guy so he's he's better than he will be, but i think he's a he's a perfectly fine arm high threes is probably not quite good enough to start every start in a standard league, but for any any league deeper than standard like voth is probably rosterable,
0: yeah and i mean Baltimore is not as bad of a place to pitch with, you know, that, uh, that wall there. Oh um, yeah.
2: You know, it went from the worst home run park for pitchers to the best insane, or like one of the worst. To the actual best. They definitely did not want
0: it to be that drastic, right? It's like, uh, we wanted less home runs, but maybe not that, that few home runs.
2: Oh man. I wish I could remember. I saw a tweet the other day that that was like the home run differential between Baltimore and its opponents went from like the worst. Like it used to be, their opponents out homered them in a ton, and now it's like not at all, just because the the overall home run rate has been cut. Yeah, it's it's insane.
0: I don't think there's been an opposite field home run there all year. Uh, I, I could be wrong; that that could have happened over the last few months since I've seen that tweet. But you know, yeah, that you know that's another one. That's where I got my source. I, I saw a tweet about it, so it's got to be true. Um, but <laughs> there's been very few uh, if any opposite field home runs, there, it's just crazy. So no lefty has hit
2: a home run to left field. Right. That makes sense. Or yeah, yeah. you'd have to hit yeah. like, it, it would have to be a Stantonian shot to actually yeah. hit one yeah. or like
0: field. somehow hug the opposite field foul pole to that, like little short. Area. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. What's, what's been there, but Hey, it's been good for the pitchers. It's it's good for
2: Austin, Austin Both. um, and yeah, yeah, I've been talking up, uh, I've been talking up Boston starters as streamers at home all year long, largely because of that. Yeah, it 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 makes a
0: lot of sense. Uh, it, It's just a completely completely different park, you know. Pair that with the new run environment, the fact that you know there aren't as many home runs. Like, I was looking at the like I was just watching MLB Network today, and just the bottom line for like No home run leaders, and they're like all in like the mid to low thirties. And like, it was just social. Sh- like that used to be like the last few years, like that could have been the, the, home run leaders at the all-star break. Like there was a few guys that had 30 <laughs> at that point, but I don't know. I, I'm another one. Like, give me back my old rabbit ball. I love home runs. Like, I, I, I don't care if there was a, a few more strikeouts. It didn't even cut strikeouts that much. Like it didn't even help what they wanted to do. Now it's just the same amount of strikeouts with less home runs. Like who, who who wants that? But whatever. Yeah, I, uh,
2: I miss when Jeff McNeil had like twenty home runs.
0: Yeah, yeah, that would have been nice. as you know, leading the NL in an average, and also popping fifteen to twenty home runs. So that would be nice for sure. Uh, but regardless, Austin Voth, uh, I, I love it. I think it's a, a good play. He does have the Astros next, but then after that, it's first Oakland. Yeah. So uh, if, if you want to, you know, that that could be like a an Adam don't start them, hold them on for the, for the next, the next start. Uh, it, it's, yeah, it's, in Houston. it's in Houston too. So that would take, uh, e- even I would second guess starting them there. Someone that starts at the polar on. opposite of le- uh, left fields. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe put the Crawford boxes back at, back in Cam. I don't like Baltimore. Uh, it's <laughs> uh, I, I missed the home runs there. I went to college in Baltimore. So went to a bunch of Orioles games when they were, Pretty bad, like when they first got Adam Jones, that's when I was there. So uh I I love that stadium. it just doesn't look right too. It looks like a bad creative stadium. There's just like a a big green wall out in, in left field that
2: is preventing all my home runs. Uh, I, I
0: miss the it's old like Camden some,
2: someone created like ninety five percent of a really good stadium and then just kind of lost the uh energy. It's like it's like
0: that that other meme, like the the horse drawing where like the the top yeah. of the horse is <laughs> is beautiful. And it's this great Camden yard park. And then, you know, just a scribble. Uh, let's draw a straight big line with this big wall to, you know, prevent home runs. And they lost seating too. I, I don't get it. Uh, but whatever, I, I digress. Um, I don't know. We, we got, we went a little long here. We're a little over an arrow. Uh, one guy I did just want to bring up. I know he's currently hurt now, but been really, really interesting to me. Um, that's Braxton Garrett. Uh, He's on the IL with an oblique strain. Obliques are, are tough, so I would not be surprised if we don't see him again this year, but name maybe to keep in mind for for 2023. Um, since July 1st, he has uh, 46 in the third innings pitched, a 26.5% strikeout rate, a 12.3% uh, swing strike rate, just a 5.9% walk rate, uh, and had a 2.91 ERA uh, backed up by a 3.2 two Sierra. Over that time, uh, there was a bunch of starts where he struck out a bunch of guys. Um, I, I, I know that it's another like bad fastball, low-velocity guy, um, but has some interesting secondaries and had some really good results. Marlins are a sneaky, good pitching organization, so uh, I, I'm liking what I saw and am definitely in for 2023 for Braxton Garrett. What are your, what are your thoughts here quickly as we uh, wrap up the show here, as I know we've gone a, a little long here?
2: Garrett's one of those fun, more modern day pitchers where he's like, he's 26% four-seamer. Like it's his, he uses his, he throws a slider a third of the time. And then he, he does throw 45% fastballs, but it's, it's split between his four-seamer and his sinker, giving you different looks because he throws them to opposite sides of the plate. So he actually gets like a, he's 93rd chase percent chase rate percentile in the league, which I would never have guessed.
0: Yeah. It's gotta be hard to, to like pick up on or something, right? Like that's just crazy how yeah. good that is.
2: Like looking at his locations, like he does not locate his change up and curveball Well, so that chase rate has to be all on the slider, which yeah. is, impressive. it looks like, like it, like
0: it's a, it's a perfect, you know, diagonal slice through the zone right like exactly what you want to see for for those heat maps for sliders.
2: I I missed on Braxton Garrett when he was still in my sub 20% domain. So I didn't I haven't looked into him too much before today, but I'm more impressed than I thought I would be. Yeah, that's and that. I love that. I love I, feel I love, too. I love fine- it's so, it's so infrequent when I look into a player and I'm, I'm like more impressed than I thought I'd be. Cause like I said, I'm a pessimist. I find the bad things, but this is actually, this is better. This is good.
0: The Mets are going to lose no pitchers. Good. Like why, (laughs) why would, why would this go right? Uh, you know
2: I think it was Nick. I think it was Nick Neidert that, uh, that scarred me. I just, when when I know when, when a no name pitcher comes up in Miami, I'm like, yeah, whatever.
0: (laughs) Oh God, Nick Nider. Yeah. I, I probably have streamed him, uh, a, a few times to to no avail. So, hey, despite that, I'm I'm still a bit of a pest, uh, an optimist. So, hey, th- there's hope for you. There's hope for the Mets. There's hope for Braxton Garrett, <laughs> a, a name to to keep in mind. Um, all right, Schwebzy, I kept you for long enough. I know we chatted a, a bunch uh, before we started recording here. I cannot thank you enough for doing this that I didn't have to solo. Uh, props to you for doing those. Uh, I, I know you've done those the last few weeks. Uh, I would not be able to talk to myself. I just can't. I can't hear myself talk, but uh, you've been doing a great job on on in the deep. Uh, why don't you plug that? Plug your Twitter handle, whatever else you want to plug. Use, uh, you know, our pictureless platform to to promote yourself on, on another podcast. Because despite being a pessimist, you deserve promotion. Uh, I, I will back that up, uh, no matter what, what you say. Uh, so don't be too hard on yourself. Despite uh, me giving you the floor here.
2: Oh well, yeah, I mean, be, being a Pitcherless podcast network rival, uh, I, I hope I did a terrible job and tanked your tank your ratings here. <laughs> uh, but no, I, uh, you can find me at Schwabzi, S H W E B S I, on Twitter, or you can find my co-host, who is smarter, more handsome, and funnier than I am, at Bunt Singles. And uh, yeah, uh, we're actually we're actually getting close to the end of the year for In the Deep because uh, I'm about to go on my honeymoon, so. I'm gonna probably miss a September episode or two, and uh, but yeah, we'll we'll be back going strong. Hopefully, uh, sometime during the off season.
0: Awesome, cannot wait to listen to that. They are great episodes, uh, deep dives, and you know, I, I like I said, I don't play in that many deep leagues. The deepest league I play in is like a mixed 15 team or NFBC style stuff, but uh, th- there's useful information for, on any league for that. It's it's a must listen for me. Uh, not just because it's a uh, part of the same podcast network I'm on. Uh, you and Jordan do great jobs. And I, I, I truly mean that. Uh, it takes a lot I to can. go into to someone that deep. That's, you know, not on a, a you know, a radar for, for everybody or, or someone that's writing articles uh, on, on daily to, you know, spark some ideas. So it, it's, it's great stuff that you guys do there and, and could not, uh, Appreciate it more, and, and, and talk about how good a good job you guys do, you and Jordan there. So, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for filling in for uh, the traveling van. Uh, that could be an, you know uh, a, a bad pun name too there for for, for my co-host. I hope he doesn't get too mad at me for that one. But <laughs> thanks, Schwebzy. uh It was a blast. I will be talking to you in the Discord, and it was great talking baseball with you. Appreciate it. You too. All right later guys